Let's turn to Romans chapter 16. We are concluding this series on Romans. It has been so rich and so deep and uh, so life-giving, at least for me, hopefully for you as well. Today, I'm going to kind of sum up Romans and then um, really take Romans 16 and help us talking about perspective. I think sometimes we, we either have been in a habit of church or we go to church and we think like sometimes church is about the, we sang about it already today, about the traditions, about the routines, about the religion. And I, I love chapter 16 of Romans because it tells you that it is all not those things. It's about your relationships with God first and foremost, then your relationships with one another. I'm going to read a part. I'm going to butcher some names. I'm going to forewarn you. I'm going to butcher some names. There's a lot of names here. They're Greek names, most likely. Um, and so I'm not going to do them justice. So just bear with me. I just might like, you can correct me later. I'm fine with that. But <laughs> Romans chapter 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant or a, um, the other word for servant interpreted is... Um, a deacon, a deacon of the church of Centria, that you, may be, that, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Now, as I keep reading these, uh, this verse, Romans chapter 16, I want you to have your Bibles or I want you to have your devices. Look it up if you can. I want you to understand when we start reading people's names, I want you to think about the context of which Paul is writing these names. Now, there's a lot of greetings in there, but I, I want you to not to think about the greeting. I want you to think about how did Paul know them and what relationship did he have with them? Here we go. Greet Prisca, or you'd know them in the book of Acts as Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers, husband and wife team, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their very necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Interesting. Priscilla and Aquila, husband and wife team, knew Paul from some of his missionary journeys, now have a, a, a house church, and they've ministered to so many. Greet my beloved, here's a first butchering name, E, that one, okay, who, <laughs> who was the first convert in, uh, in Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Androcius the, um, and Junia, my kinsmen, in other words, my brothers or sisters, fellow kinsmen, and my fellow prisoners, they're well known for the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, there we go, uh, my beloved of the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved um, Statues, kind of, butcher number two. <laughs> Greet Apelles. <laughs> who approved in Christ, greet those who belong to the family of 
Aristobulus, greet the kinsmen Herodian, greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus, greet those who work in the Lord, more names, more names, greet the beloved Paris, <laughs> and those who worked hard in the Lord, greet Rufus, sorry Rufus, that name, I'm sorry for you, uh, chosen of the Lord, also um, his mother, um, who has been the mother to me as well. Greet, more name, more name, more name, more name, more name, more name, more names. And the brothers who are with them, greet some more names. And their sisters and Olympus and all the saints who are with them, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Okay, I love that last line, greet each other with a holy kiss. It really shows that they really liked each other and they were fond of each other. So I thought maybe this morning, we would just try um, applying some of these scriptures to our lives. And you can greet the person next to you if they're your spouse with a holy kiss. With a holy kiss. Go. All right. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about this, this scripture. A lot of names. Sorry, sorry. I mean, they're in here. They're, they're recorded for all of history. They were obviously important people. And no disrespect credit to these important people. Um, but the interesting thing, there were husband and wife teams. There was a female Phoebe deaconess, one who like served in the church, who minister would go visit people in prison, care for the poor, right? That's what the deacons would do. You have these others who are like named brothers and sisters in the Lord. You have others that acted as like a mother to Paul, so a spiritual mother, you had others that were um, kind of co-workers. But then you have this affectionate thing, greet each other with a holy kiss, right? Culturally, probably would be similar to that. But, but I love how he's understanding this spiritual family, brothers, sisters, spiritual mothers, right? They're not related. But yet he identifies them as the spiritual family. Paul goes on early in Romans, you, you have to remember that he's speaking to the church in Rome and, and he's making a case to say that, that people cannot just be connected to God who are Jews, but also now the Gentiles, the gospel, what, what Jesus did made that, that everybody can come to know God through Jesus Christ, to know their father in heaven. And I like to say that father in heaven, even, we know this when Jesus prayed, he taught us how to pray. How do we pray? Our Father in heaven. We already start setting up this familial relationship, right? Our Father in heaven. Jesus, many places, even though he's our Savior, I can kind of not really get this because, I, I mean, he's God, right? But many times they say Jesus is like our oldest brother, but he's our Savior, right? So I don't want to discredit, like, he's on our same playing field because he's Jesus, right? He's God. But yet he relates to us in such a... Um, kind friendship way. And so here's Paul beginning to, to make a case and he's, he's really coming hard on the Jews because the Jews are like telling the Gentiles, you got to be circumcised, you got to follow all these religion, religious rules. And Paul's trying to deconstruct that thought and change their perspective. So for so long, they had one way of thinking and it created bondage in their life. You have to be religious. You have to do all these things, all the rituals as a Jew. Then you got the Jews, I mean the Gentiles, who are like very worldly, 
And yet then Paul's having to address them saying, okay, don't live for yourself, live for your neighbor, right? Don't live for selfish desires, live for the, the pleasing for God and pleasing for Jesus. So he's taking these two groups, one extremely religious and it, the, the law, if you're just following the law, it actually doesn't bring life to you. You take the Gentiles who are really living without a context of what does it mean to be in a relationship with God the Father and to have a spiritual family, and he's trying to reorient them to that, that just don't live for your fleshly desires, for yourself. But he's saying live for one another, right? That was last week's message. Please your neighbor more than you're pleasing yourself. By the way, please pray for my neighbor, my, my great walker, 87-year-old neighbor. She uh, is now in the hospital. And um, so hopefully for a speedy recovery for her. But But I I love these scriptures because it starts to pinpoint really what the church should look like. We have gatherings like this on Sunday morning, but here we have Priscilla and Aquila having a church in their home. It's like many of our life groups. I love our message-based life groups. They take the message that was spoken the week before and and they meet in somebody's home and they dialogue and they go through and then they pray for one another. It's like church in your home. And yet, we look around at these, all these names and they say, hey, they're like brothers and sisters to us. And you can turn to your neighbor, especially somebody you don't know, and you say, you're my brother or you're my sister. Go ahead and say them, meaning if they're of that gender, right? Don't call a guy a sister. All right, you know, and, and I'm not suggesting we go around every time we say, and say, hello, brother so-and-so. I mean, hello, sister so-and-so. No, but I think you understand that level of care for one another, right? Okay, then he goes on and he says, okay, so, so greet all these people. You understand this, this great relationship that Paul's had with these people and, and this, this idea of how we can live with one another, right? As spiritual moms and dads and brothers and sisters. And then he says, verse 17, I appeal, you, appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Avoid them. Again, I, I think it's just human nature, right? We love to get all heady, especially the people who love to think about concepts and heady knowledge things. It's so easy to debate over things that really don't make a difference for the kingdom. We debate, and all that debate does is cause division, and especially when you're going over these, these doctrines that are like, hey, have you, have you checked out this conspiracy theory, and, and do you think that lines up with scripture here? There's nothing wrong with that, really, in the sense of, but to share those ideas, but when it starts turning people against people, and that becomes the, the thing of conversation as opposed to who Jesus is and his saving grace, and the work of Jesus that he's done in, in our lives, right? I love testimonies. I've been, I've been, went to dinner last night with some uh, amazing, Pastor Richie had the privilege to, to baptize somebody in a river yesterday. I wanted to get there. I just, it was a, I heard you even slipped, Pastor Richie, a little bit getting down there, but it was a beautiful time. And then we went, I went out, Otter and I went out to dinner with a group of people who have just like, and that was the model for me. They were like sisters in each other's lives. And, and, uh, and yet the, the conversation, what Jesus has done in our life to change us. 
And that was so life-giving to me to be in that conversation. There was no divisions of, hey, do you think Jesus is coming pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? And, and uh, you know, he's coming back tomorrow. You better watch it. Like, or like, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? I can't believe that. Don't you, can't you believe what they just said? I, I think they were wrong. You know, and so it's like all this talk that just creates division. And Paul's saying, okay, guys. Like, this is like his final words to the church in Rome in his letter, right? And he's bringing up these final words like, watch out for the things that cause division. And again, I am so grateful. I brag on you guys all the time, but I'm grateful that that is not us. But I do have to say that if we're not careful, that that can creep in at some point because we believe certain things and we care about certain things. But let's just keep true the, the doctrines that really make a difference, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins, who, who saved us, three days later rose from the grave, conquering death to give new life. And he cares about people who don't know Christ. That's why I focus on those three things, reach the lost, care for the least, and train the found. We're busy doing that. We don't have time to be bickering over doctrines that don't really make a whole lot. Now, back then, they would, right? The Gentiles would talk about the Jews. The Jews feel like the Gentiles should be doing certain things. You know, the, the dietary requirements. Don't go there, Paul's saying. All right, so for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ Jesus, but they serve their own appetites. And, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all. He's talking this to the church in Rome now. So that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent. As to what is evil. So be wise. The God of all peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, greets you. So does uh, Lucius and Jason. And so... Pater, my kinsman, and he goes on some more greetings, which names are not good. By the way, he talks about 24 different people in that uh, verse. He's, he's mentioning a lot, and I think it's very much like me. Do you realize, can I tell you about Brian and Karen Johnson who lead Celebrate Recovery? They are amazing. Greet them with a holy kiss when you see them, because <laughs> they are amazing. They are amazing. Or can I tell you, uh, for John and Shannon Brooks, who, meet, who, who lead our Doing What Jesus Did um, class, they are consistent and they've been leading this every time and lives are being changed because of Jesus Christ. You know, can you greet them? Maybe not with a holy kiss <laughs> for, for me. Like I'm talking about these people, I'm bragging on them all the time and I feel like I'm Paul like this, just like these people are amazing. These people are amazing. As the worship team wants to come up, we, he then gives this doxology. It says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret from long ages, meaning the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, were God's chosen people. The Jews, 
But then the revelation of saying that, that the gospel is not just for a select group of people. It is for all people of all time, of all nationalities, of all ethnicities, of all upbringings. And he says, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 And so concludes the book of Romans. So concludes the book of Romans. I just want to make mention on this in closing, on this obedience of faith. I think sometimes, and again, where sometimes we can struggle this idea, I think it's safe sometimes to feel like we just need to follow a bunch of rules. You feel safe doing that, because if I can just line my life up to the do's and don'ts, then I feel good about myself, or I feel bad about myself. But mostly we want to line ourselves up to the, to the do's and don'ts and so we can feel good about it. It's like, okay, we're good. But being obedient to our faith means is we're obedient to Jesus. And Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to dwell amongst us here on earth. So you want to travel down on that path and that thinking a little bit. The obedience is to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you Every moment, every day. That's still small, small voice that says, hey, can you look up that scripture on hemming you in? And can I teach you something about that? See, that's the still small voice that wants to, we want to be obedient to that voice. It's that voice that produces life. It's that obedience to the faith of Jesus Christ that produces our care and love for one another. The deep revelation part of it, I shared this last week too, but what this has also done, my, my ailment or injury, I should say, is this again made me realize how, uh, how amazing of a church you guys are. The care and concern that you had for me and my family it, it just, it, it made me so in love with you, honestly. I woke up this morning, it's like, I can hardly wait to get to church and see everybody. Oh my word, I can hardly wait to preach God's word to them because like, I hope it's life to them. I want to give them, I want to pour so much back to them. But more importantly than that is the sense of a family and realizing that God, I think that's what he is, he is orchestrating for us to realize that we need each other in this time to deeply care for one another. And no, I'm not suggesting you have to greet everybody with a holy kiss. But I do love that idea that like I, I'm, I'm so caring about you and I am so familiar with you that I can, I can carry my life in such a way for you. Romans taught us a lot. Romans taught us that um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is open for everybody. 
And if you're here today and you feel like, you know what, I, I, I just kind of felt like I was about doing the right thing. I even felt like maybe it was just about doing the, the prayer. And that's what, like, I, I just need my ticket to know I'm going to go to heaven. Because <laughs> I think hell's a bad place. You are correct. You do not want to go there. But it's so much more than that. When you say, I accept Jesus into my life and I want to follow him, it's saying that, yes, I want to follow Jesus, but yes, I want to be a part of a spiritual family where we can belong, where we can grow together. And by the way, this family's always open. This family's always open. People can come whenever. People can belong before they believe we say that. But I just wonder if today, when we pray in closing, that if you have maybe misunderstood or kind of felt like somehow that, that saying yes to Jesus put a lot of obligation on you, it, it's not that. It's saying that you want to be loved by your Father in heaven, that you want to be instructed by Jesus and his word, and that you want to live alive in this life that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. And then it... God places you in a family to belong. That's what saying yes to Jesus is. And then you let him do a work in your life. You let him bring you places to freedom. You let him stir your heart to say, I want to be water baptized. You let him instruct you to say, I want to go deeper with you, Lord Jesus. You let him grow you in generosity and giving to the kingdom work. You let him initiate those things. You never have to feel obligation or guilt or fear to do those things. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device, we want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.